1: Well, let's jump into it. So uh, I want to welcome you, Lana, Lana, Lana like banana. That's it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so sorry, I'm a dyslexic and, uh, and you had to make that hard. So thank you for that. But you did make the last part easier for me. It's Bashinsky. So I'm glad to have you here in this kind of animator series as we go through this. And I have Dan Perry here with me, who is the head of our animation department and um, excited for us to kind of dive in and start talking about you know animation the craft and uh, see if we can as i was saying get to some of that kind of secret map that helps people get uh, get those jobs you know because that's what we're really focused on here at vertex Mm -hmm. and uh, like i said before you have to excuse me if you hear kids you know during covid it's like it's just crazy here yeah Um, all right so uh why don't we start with a bit of an introduction and you tell me um you know who you are, what you do right now. And I've looked at in your past and all that stuff, so we'll dive into that, but what do you do now?
2: Sure, Um, my name is Lana Bashinsky, as you mentioned, and I'm presently a senior animator at Riot Games in Santa Monica. Um, I'm working on the skins team for League of Legends, so we're doing a bunch of cool sort of cosmetic items and animations for the champions. In Terra, most recently we released a very cool event called the Spirit Blossom event, and I was responsible for being a senior animator on the two legendary skins that were released. Um, that is Spirit Blossom Thresh and Spirit Blossom Ari. if you wanna check those out. Um, that's who I am right now.
1: Awesome. You. Uh,
2: what did you do? No, man,
1: I'm trying to figure out how I unpack this. So you're at Riot right now. Before Riot, you were at Blizzard. Yes. And uh, you were at Blizzard for, I think, about a good four years, right?
2: Five and a half years, actually. Five and a half? Yes. Great.
1: And if I remember correctly from your bio when I was looking at that, um, you had another job right before Blizzard, or I think, wasn't Blizzard one of your first animation jobs?
2: Blizzard was my first job. Uh, I got an internship with them in university back in 2012. I was fortunate enough to be an intern for the StarCraft team, or Team One, at Blizzard. And at the time, I worked a little bit on what was called Blizzard All-Stars, eventually turned into Here's the Storm, which is the game I got hired back full-time after, after university. Um, so I did the internship, and then I had another year left to go, finished the degree, and it's a longer story. And then I did a year of freelance illustration, which was weird, but fun. Uh, and then Blizzard called me back as soon as they were able.
1: And that was about two and a half years, yeah.
2: Between or internship no. and, and and starting full time. Yeah. Yeah, it was like two years. I think a little, a little under two years is is how much time would be. It felt like an eternity because I'm Canadian oh. and I was like waiting for that OPT. My visa is going to expire. I'm like Blizzard, call me. I need it. Um, it was uh, They eventually sent me. At, my old boss sent me a text very obscure one night at like eight thirty. It's not like we kept up, so he just texted me, hey, very mysterious. And I was like, what's up? And he's like, one sec, I have a phone call. And then I waited for like an hour, and he said, I'm just kidding. Do you want to come back to Orange County? And I said, only if there was a job there. And so then I got a job. Yay, offer was in the mail. Very, very fun. Wait,
1: did he really wait like a half hour?
2: I was, Yeah, yeah, he waited like a half hour. And he was like, just kidding. There wasn't even a call. I just wanted you to sweat. Oh we were on really God. good terms, and making it sound very cruel. It was a hilarious joke,
1: but yeah. I did just
2: sit there and stare at my phone for like an hour.
1: <laughs> what did it feel like when you got that? Because I mean, that's like a dream job right out of school. Oh, it was well, it not was a right dream. out of school, but you know, right yeah, away. Yeah, it
2: was basically right out of school. It felt right out of school because I got so close with the team during my internship. So even though I wasn't in touch with my boss, I was in touch with a lot of other people. We we sort of always kept up. Um yeah, it felt like a dream for so many reasons. Um but, you know, probably the greatest of which is like, I said I was gonna that's the reason I became an animator was Blizzard. I said I was gonna be an like I wanted to work for Blizzard for the first time when I was maybe twelve. And then all through university, I had said, Oh, I want to work for Blizzard. And then at the time, I don't know what the what the the vibe is like in universities now, but at the time there's a lot of the cool kids who were like, Oh, you wanna make video games and they're really sassy about it and i was like that'd be so weird right but then uh i never lost sight of that dream somebody linked me as soon as they had an animation intern available somebody linked me their careers page i applied online and it was like four months later i heard from them and um yeah just being able to say oh i work here full time is literally for me childhood childhood dream
1: Mm. what about you dan what was your first like your dream ambition on
3: that um so i actually started off differently when i was younger i had loved video games and i wanted to get into video games but i came from a really tiny area um which we didn't really talk a lot about video games like i mean i I grew up on farms and things along those lines so when i first was getting off i was just like i know i want to work with computers because computers are like what i play my video games on so i want to get into computers i ended up getting into computer engineering uh, working for the government for a while. Didn't really enjoy what I was doing and decided to go back to school while I was working full-time. And then as soon as I got out of that, uh, I had a job very quickly after graduating and uh, started working for Firaxis Games. Cool.
1: What got the impetus though? Because what I'm I'm interested in here, and one of the things I wanted to get to is, so uh, you, you had that drive at 12. Were you playing video
2: games at 12? yes i was sorry i was just unmuting myself there um i was playing video games at 12. i wasn't allowed to it's not that i wasn't allowed we didn't own any consoles so i was, I was big into computer games and i mean in the pc sphere those games are huge starcraft warcraft two tides of darkness i played endlessly um and i i just knew that i wanted to be a part of that i just i didn't know what it meant I didn't understand that animation was something I could do as a career until I was in high school. And then I was very fortunate that I actually attended an arts school in Edmonton, Alberta, where I'm from, Victoria Composite School of the Arts. And they had an introduction to animation. And my animation teachers sort of saw that I was very invested. It I thought it was like this weird hobby that I did, because I was like, cool, sure. I'll hang out here all the time, like the chess club. I was like, ah, the animation club, but it's just me. Um, yeah. And my teachers, Dave Diversier. If he ever hears anything I do again, he like pointed to all like the posters that he had on his wall of like the like he had all the movie posters that he'd gotten from the movie theater when they were done with them. There was like a Bug's Life and Incredibles, and there was one for uh, Warcraft three. And he sort of went, you know, people get paid to make those. And then I was like, oh, well, I could get paid to make those. And you know, with his help uh, and a couple of the teachers just sort of started putting together a portfolio applying for universities. And I ended up applying for a university in, in San Francisco because I knew there was a lot of industry in that area. And so I was like, even if this cool is bad, there will probably be enough animation education around that I could just go go be a part of. So that was my yeah. big plan, and yeah. That's so great. things sort of fell into place over time. But the understanding that animation was a career, the understanding that basically anything that I could possibly be excited about, there's probably a way to do it professionally, was it's it's weird how that doesn't just click into place. But when it did, there's no no turning back.
3: It's great. It, it's it's really funny you say it like that because I felt the same exact way. Like I was mentioning, growing up in this small little town, and I knew that I liked video games, but I I never really thought of it as a kid. Like oh well, I can actually go and make video games. I can actually do something with the skill that I have and the love that I have for for the games and actually apply it to making games. I don't know as a young kid why I thought that way, but it wasn't until well after college and going to uh, working for the government and stuff that I finally started playing around in 3d worlds. And then I was like, I want to make this stuff move. And then as soon as I started making stuff move, it clicked to me. Like I enjoy this way too much to just do this for like an hour a night or so at home. So I got to figure out a way to do this more started just doing it more on my own. And then eventually I, uh, I don't know if you guys know the website, um, uh, deviant art, I started posting stuff on deviant art. And then i won a daily deviation and then that ended up getting me like a, a little phone interview with somebody just talking about games and uh, how i won the daily deviation and stuff and i was like oh well i just play around at home and they mentioned hey well why don't you try going to school for it and next thing you know i'm going back to school and getting a whole new career so it, it's Man. it's funny how life can direct you in different directions
2: yeah, we had an artist at Blizzard who was just posting on DeviantArt, like fan art or StarCraft, and eventually Blizzard had reached out to them and were like, do you want to just do that for us? And he was like, okay, it's amazing. <laughs> like yeah, just right? like like showing the world what you're creating, which as artists I know could be such a vulnerable experience because, you know, there's some troll out there that's going to be like, this looks like garbage. And you would be like, I feel like garbage. But like there's also so many opportunities and so much growth that can come from, from just engaging with the community like that, I love hearing yeah. that kind of story.
1: That's cool. I want to uh, dive into a question because uh, we were talking about like this people wanting to do this and and this love of it, right? And I I didn't come in from the animation side. I came in from the sculpting side, and um, you know that's just I don't even know how that stuff like it's so weird. Sculpting naked people is actually like a job. You know, <laughs> that's a weird job, but it is a job. Um, but one of the things that I think's kind of come up over in the next day, next, uh, I don't know, 10 years, I think, is one, this is a job and it actually pays really well. You know, like when I was uh, doing this for a living, I made a lot more than my father made. And, you know, I, I graduated from college, but, you know, it wasn't the college that got me a job. I was actually, my degrees in creative writing as a poet of all things. And that didn't get me a job in CG at all, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, uh, the skills did. So the question I got for you, you know, and specifically for you because of the way your career charted is, what was it about your portfolio that really caught their attention? You know, so if somebody was looking at this and they wanted to get that job at Blizzard, um, you had some magic in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. What was it do you know can you look back and look at it now and be like this? Is oh, yeah, what
2: I know very explicitly because I was very uh, Maybe you could say astute Hopefully never annoying, but that's the kind of question maybe vain. I'm like why did you like me so much? You know, like I that's the kind of question that I asked up front like I want to know especially as an intern I don't know if I'm gonna get hired from this. Why did you like me so that I can go somewhere else? Um, uh, and I think There's there's magic in in two parts. Um, When it comes to my portfolio, the thing that I was explicitly told was why I got the job is that my portfolio didn't look like everyone else's. And I know in a market where everything is like super flooded with, with so much talent out there, it's hard to make your portfolio not look like everyone else's. But for games specifically, I think there's still this idea that, oh, I'm applying for a job in games, time to start doing some walk cycles like time to start doing like just a bunch of cycles. So every reel that they would get in would be a whole bunch of different cycles of different characters. But my reel, I threw a cycle in there because I just wanted to show that I could do that if they cared, but I just showed off my most solid pieces of animation and that's what mattered. And so the fact that I didn't have like a preconceived idea what this job might be and tried to represent that in my reel, I just put my best stuff in there, showed to the team because already I stood apart by just trying to to reflect me and not reflect the company back at themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the times as a student, you wanna show that you can do what they can do, but I think you wanna show them that you can do what they're not doing yet. Like the exciting thing about you is is what you can bring to the team that's not necessarily a flavor they already have. Um, I guess it's it's also magic in three parts because the second part about it is, Certainly, my my what they call soft skills, which is definitely a term I didn't hear until I was in the collaborative working world. But my ability to talk to people, to express not only like thoughts and opinions on a given subject, but being able to verbalize what was happening in my own work um, and general, I guess, demeanor really helped. They they thought that I was a good culture fit for the team. They thought that my vibe would would gel well with their vibe, um, and you know, keeping in mind that an interview is as much, I thought it was as much for me as it was for the company. So as much as I wanted to show that the company that I was who they wanted me to be, I also was wary in certain ways. You know, everybody's heard rumors about certain, like, bad practices in the industry. So it's like, well, what is your work life balance look like. I asked questions like what programs you're using, what kinds of things will I learn. And like just the fact that I asked questions in the interview was a big factor to why they wanted to hire me, because I seemed engaged and sort of studious on, on the subjects that they were willing to teach. And then finally the third part of the magic was certainly a huge chunk of luck. I think that's like a very underrated thing in the industry. For me, my boss explicitly told me at the end of my internship that it was down to me and one other candidate, and they were going to pick the other candidate because they already had more experience. Their reel was actually a little bit more something that they were excited about. But he made an embarrassing joke to the candidate and was too embarrassed about it, so they hired me instead. Wow. (laughs) He told me that. And I'm like not mad because I still beat out like eight thousand other people for the job, yeah. so I know that I was deserved to be there. And in in the way that my career progressed through Blizzard, I knew I deserved to be there. But also, man, like eating that humble pie, like mmm, mm, it's good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So, like something to keep in mind at any time and any of the like in between, like finishing school and when Blizzard finally called me, I didn't sit around. I applied to jobs endlessly. And got a million rejections, um but being able to understand that there's possibly just a bit of luck involved, and you have to be there at the right time, you have to make sure that they didn't accidentally say a bad joke to you or like whatever it is, like you don't know behind the scenes, so not taking that shit to heart stuff to heart and not giving up and just being positive about it it's exciting. we make gains like you gotta. I think there's got to be fun involved, and even in the interview process, I think there should be a bit of fun involved too.
1: What do you mean uh, your portfolio didn't look like everyone else? Does that mean uh, I understand it's not walk cycles, but did that I mean that you had um, like character scenes? You had lip sync. You had you know, emote, uh, mime. What what is it that you had?
2: Um, I I can tell you what I have, and I will say that I have other recommendations for people who are looking to make it real now. As somebody who's been on the other side of it for for a while now, uh, what I had was a li- like a lip sync. I had a big creature animation piece, two different creatures. I had, so I had like a dragon, like a fantasy creature that you might see, uh, uh some dog interaction, dog behavior stuff. I had. A li- uh, people dancing, showing showing characters interacting and touching was like a big thing I studied in school a lot, like realistic, you know, I ended up doing that that much in the games that I've been making for the last couple of years. But that was like a big thing to try and nail down was this idea that they actually touch. Um, and then I threw in like a, a crazy creature cycle, so, like, we had like a six legged crabfish monster. And I just wanted to show a, a bigger monster. So it wasn't just a walk cycle. I was like, I'll do a simple animation of a cycle, but with a crazy looking thing. It's like, whoa, what's that thing? You made all those legs move. Great. So, uh, so that was uh, that was sort of. I tried to sort of hit all of the bases of of things I felt like I was good at.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah so that's that's how what my reel looked different. It wasn't just walk cycle guy with gun, walk cycle guy without gun, walk cycle, sexy lady. It was the sort of a an arc of a bunch of different, different stuff that they might like to see.
1: I get it. What's your recommendations now?
2: Uh, my recommendations now are, well, I guess to some extent it is that, and put your best stuff in there. Definitely put your best stuff in there for show. Uh, doesn't matter what it is. If your best stuff is the dialogue, throw it in there. It shows that, you know, the principles and animation, but uh, it would be to some degree tailoring for a company. Like for me, I was like, here's my hanky reel, and I threw it at everybody. But that for like a lot of studios who were doing mocap, that's worthless. So my recommendation now is if you feel like you're at a place where you have sort of nice buckets of animation, it's so easy to make a free blog somewhere and say, here's my face animation stuff, here's my physical animation stuff. And as somebody who goes through people's reels, I'll check all the videos, I'll watch a little bit of each one. I know there's all those stories of like they watch ten seconds and then they throw it in the garbage. But from my perspective, that's that's not quite how it goes. There's definitely here's my page, here's the different thing buckets of things I'm good at, and sort of having larger buckets of things to check out. And then if you want like a a demo reel that has it all just for ease, do that too. But something where we can access it all. Not all of it, definitely keep it to your best stuff. But if you feel like you have a lot of stuff, then then don't be afraid to show it off
1: Mm. normally um when i interview game artists and this is something uh dan and i've been working a lot on we try to find kind of the triggers right uh because we hear a lot uh both in game arts animation and a couple of other things like portfolio matters right Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: uh you got to put your work out there but one of the things i've noticed with students is They don't always know what best work is. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember my painting teacher, Al Gurry, he used to tell me that one of his biggest jobs was stopping the students before they screwed up. Right. So he would Mm -hmm. literally like run around the studio and he'd be like, done, move, done. And he would just like be like, don't touch that again Mm -hmm. and have us start something over, you know, at the same time. Um, So I want to kind of unpack what it means what best work means and of course i know it means like you know it's the best that you can do mm-hmm. but you know are there uh, certain triggers or certain things that when you're looking at work and we can look at it in the positive or the negative but why don't we start with we can start with try the negative like are there certain things when you see it you're like uh amateur professional or this person has it or this person doesn't have it Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. I know it's not nice to look in the negative, but um, I can always tell where people are in anatomy for sculpting. And all I have to do is I look at their elbows. If their elbows and their brachioradialis isn't really done that well, I'm like, you know, I, I know where you are, right? You probably have these awesome pectoralis muscles. You get all that stuff. And then you just, everything goes to hell um, <laughs> in the small parts.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I went through the same journey. So I get it. Uh, but are there anything like that with animation where you're like, these are triggers that say this person's not ready yet Does
2: it make sense. I, I, yeah, it does make sense. I, I think it varies depending on the role. So if I'm looking at an associate level, which I think, you know, for students, that's the level of role you'll be playing for. So I'll talk about that one. Uh, but the thing that that says that you're not ready to me is often having things in there that are very vanilla. And if, uh, it's just like, it's the base flavor. It's the, it's the first level. Like you've got a, sure, you've got a walk cycle in there. It might be polished beautifully, but it's like, as, like, it's as realistic as it can be. It's just a walk cycle. Like there's not much else there. If you're going to have a walk cycle, who is this character? Like I think something that people don't think about a lot with, with video game animation is there's a lot of thought into who the characters are, even in their walk cycle, even especially with like, you know, in the in the, the MOBAs I've worked on, so League of Legends and here's the storm, like character is a huge, even Starcraft, thinking about like, okay, what is this roach? And my brain would always be like what I'm working on. I'm like, okay, it's kind of sneaky, but it's not actually sneaky, but it thinks it is. And like the dialogue that you're having with yourself and the subtext of who each character is should be sort of oozing out of every facet of the character. Even if we never see any lore for them, we don't know the fantasy, we should get a glimpse of that in what you're working on. So if I'm mm-hmm. seeing things that are just very vanilla, that's that's sort of one take. But even then, like refined animation, that's not the worst. Uh, the other thing is is when things are sort of vanilla by way of texture and flavor. There's not a lot of texture, visual texture to the motions. Everything is very evenly timed. You know, you'll get like, okay, I'm gonna punch, punch, kick, like put on a metronome and you could feel every hit of animation. It's there's, but that's, that's something that is, that's something that needs to be worked on. I don't even necessarily know if that's what I would say. You're not ready. Um, But there are things that I look out for that if somebody also does a punch, punch, kick, but they're going punch, punch, kick. I'm leaning towards the one that, that felt, more dynamic in that way, mm-hmm. rather than, I'm finding my emotion is polished, but I haven't found who this is yet. So I think that that's the difference between it, it, more amateur and somebody who knows is is getting it a little bit more, because they're not working on the rudimentary principles, they're working on how to zazz it up, how to make it there, theirs. <laughs> Does that make sense, Dan? Do you know what I'm talking yes, about?
3: makes perfect sense, yes. <laughs> it makes sense. Sorry, I try not to interject while you're talking, but yeah, it makes absolute perfect sense, and uh, I've spent a lot of time looking at thousands of reels and such, and it does make a lot of sense. Whereas sometimes you can't always put words behind what you're trying to say, but yeah, texture of it and timing of it uh, of pieces is certainly important. And yeah, vanilla that's that is a tough one because when you see like a vanilla walk cycle, I mean, and, and certainly as an animation school, we're going to be teaching how to do a vanilla walk cycle, cause it's, you got to start there. It's certainly not generally something you're going to want to put on your demo reel because it's it's like you're saying, what's the next step? Okay, well now this is a character, add some character, add some personality. What is so special about that particular character that makes them want to get from A to B? Why are they walking from there to there? Uh, and their inter- their internal thought processes, which is essentially the animators thought processes can really be shown yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely makes sense word you dan you talk
1: um in some of those videos because texture is a new word for me and Mm -hmm. and i have a feeling like with animation there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like there's not a lot of like you just have to use what words are available so texture probably refers to i kind of want to dive into what texture refers to and what that means you know because it feels like that there's some language there, and Dan, you talk a lot in some of the the support lectures about offsets mm-hmm. and and timing. And I don't know, does it fit into those? Like, if we were to bring some of that down into the twelve stages of or twelve principles of animation, um,
3: this that? one would. I think this one would be appeal would pretty much uh, would be where that one would sit. So basically, as Lana's saying. Let's, let's take it to something super easy, like a walk cycle. Um, standard walk cycle is approximately uh, one second long for someone to make two full steps. Um, and if it's at exactly that, and then your middle step is at half a second, you know, and then your next whole part of that cycle feels exactly the same. It feels like, ba-dump, ba-dump, ba-dump. and as she said, like, oh, what do they call that metrodome? where it's just like you can feel the timing of it exact at all times, where if you put a little bit of personality on it, maybe they hop a little bit on one step, it gives a little bit more texture. Um, uh, in an attack, maybe the, the person is while they're attacking, all of a sudden they have a small thought process go through their head and there's a slight pause in their attack. Maybe they switch hands with their sword in the middle of their attack or something along those lines. It's not just a normal, like as she, as she put it uh, very, very well, it doesn't feel like, okay, every 15 frames, you're gonna mm-hmm. feel a hit. Every 15 frames, there's gonna be a beat. Uh, instead, it's got these pauses and moves. Um, stylized animation, uh, if you think about um, like the really stylized, almost cartoony animation where you'll have characters move from one spot to another spot in like a split second, and they do what they call smear screen where the characters just literally their faces, blown apart by how fast they're moving from one frame to the next frame. And then all of a sudden they come stiff and they stop and then they deliver a piece and then they're like kind of jetting to another spot. It's these texture pieces of like, okay, there's a little bit of slowness here and then, oh my goodness, there's a whole lot of, a lot of fast there. And uh, and those fast and slows don't come exact either. If
2: so mm-hmm. that makes sense. I'm, I'm yeah. trying we, to
3: help drive it.
2: It's, it's difficult because it is something that you have to like have a sort of a visual aid with you to be like this feels like it's got more texture to it and this doesn't um, I think animation I have a my good buddy Brandon Nason and I he always he always says that animation we talk about animation almost exclusively with onomatopoeia so if the only onomatopoeia that I have is like bounce 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 mount like that's gonna be a boring animation or like a boring song but if I'm like biddly zap zow. That's like a that. You, if it, I pulled that audio in and I did an animation to a biddly zap zow, that's gonna be a more exciting animation than bop 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 bop. Like if you listen to a song that was like that, one of them you beg like, that song is boring. And if you have a yeah. song that is like, you know, when you have like those songs that like every once in a while they have like that hold and all the music stops and then they they, not like a. Not like dropping the beat, but like <laughs> they do it in rock songs a lot. where like, like it'll be like the same verse that just happened, but they'll have a pause and everything stops, and then they come in on the offbeat and it feels really exciting. And maybe there's a key change in that moment, like who knows? But there's something exciting happening there. And the same thing is sort of happening with with animation. At at Riot, we definitely we we strive for that a lot, specifically in our recall animations. So we try and balance moments of rest and like held poses with moments of dynamic action and the marriage of those two things and how you space them out and where creates the texture that you see within the within the piece
1: i want to play a little devil's advocate though because um in a game aren't they animating walk cycles where characters just running through metronome style through a game
2: Uh, I mean, metronome style, perhaps if you're just looking at the footfalls and you can find the footfalls are landing because you need them to to be on the ground for a certain amount of time, but are they landing, footfall, and is the time that it takes for the foot to be on the ground and the time it takes for the foot to get back to the front the same? Because you can have a run cycle that's, like, super, super fast where the foot is, like, pushing off the ground, but then they're in the air. Zap, zap, zap. And it feels not like boring, like I'm walking and it takes the same, exact same amount of time for my hands to get to the front, to go to the back. It's like, it's got a held and it's held and it's held, but there's like this quick moment in between them. Or you can have like, okay, your feet are just walking, but your hand is doing something sassy up here. Like depending on how you're adding things in, like you can create texture within something that is just cyclical by adding character and, and offsetting the way things are hitting. Like, I don't want my feet and my hands to hit at the exact same moment. I'm moving my feet under my desk. It looks worse. <laughs> if you saw my whole body, it would be sillier. Um, but really, it's like it's like my foot hits, and then my arm's following through, and then my foot hits, and my arm's falling through. Even if you were doing a vanilla walk cycle, there's more texture there than if every part of the body is hitting at the exact same time, and then you feel more robotic.
1: We have a um... – we have a thing we talk about at Vertex where uh, getting the job is different than doing the job. And I don't know how accurate that is for animation, but for uh, game arts, you know, I, I know people that get jobs just showing key shot renders and non game topology and, you know, just beautiful stuff. And they're, they're basically fishing. And they're just putting something beautiful out there and then somebody says oh well we want to do a game version we'll hire you for a game version right but does that does that make sense with this too where it's getting the job is different than doing it and the tasks you'll be doing it or no
2: i think possibly by way of speed Mm -hmm. like i could show some beautiful animation pieces and the thing about a reel is like i don't know how long that took you, like maybe right. it took you 14 weeks. And we don't have 14 weeks to give you to do a single animation piece. You have what you got one week. Right. So that's a lot of the time. I think getting the job can be doing the job if you get like an animation test, which allows the company to sort of see what you're able to accomplish in, in roughly the, the time box that you would get for the normal job. Yeah. Um uh, I think I think that's part of it. So Getting the job, you can show something beautiful. Doing the job, you might be working at a a pace that you're not used to. You might be finding yourself not able to keep fiddling around and you don't get to polish it the way that you normally would. You're learning to accept more limitations. Rig's not what you expect them to be. Um, there's, There's definitely getting it and doing it feel different, but the result, like on paper, the real might look the same from somebody who took two years to do something and somebody who took two weeks to do something depending on their their level of skill and how much time it took them to refine it. Refine mm-hmm. it. That's probably the, the, the biggest difference. And then just getting it is different in that if it's your first job, like maybe you're not expecting exactly how collaborative things can be. Like I think there's a lot of expectations that will sort of be Met or shattered or or su- surprises that you wouldn't expect. That's what's different about doing the job versus getting the job. But uh, yeah, I think I think those are the biggest things that I could possibly say about it. What do you think, Dan?
3: Yeah, um, you, you touched on a lot of what I was thinking, uh, especially with the time. That was something that we talked a lot about when I was a part of a hiring team in a studio that I worked for. Was okay. This is really really beautiful work, but um how long did that person take to do that because that is wildly different and that was something i was really not expecting at my first job which was uh phyrexus games working on uh, civilization 5 and uh, i had been working on acting pieces and where i went to school we didn't really do anything with games everything was uh, more film based so with, with all of that, my entire reel was all film-based, and then I had spent the 18 months or so that I was going to the school working on a couple of pieces uh, that were relatively short. I think one was 10 seconds. I think another piece in there was like five, something along those lines, like just short little things, and uh, I start working for this place, and then I'm like, okay, well, um, and I have a really long story about how I started working there, and how the fact that my greatest moment animation is still in my first year of animation uh, mm-hmm. in the industry but um basically i remember them giving me my first test and i was actually doing pre-production on civ5 and they said hey we want you to animate this scene of this guy saying this thing and it was in a language i've never worked in before and we want you to do it in this language uh can you get that to uh, get a block out for us for tomorrow and like, this was a morning meeting and my first week there. And I was like, you want a block out of this entire animation in a style that I've never done in a language that I've never done. And you want a, like a block out for tomorrow. And I was just like, I was dumbfounded. I was like a block out for tomorrow. I'm used to having like three weeks to work on a block out for a 10 second animation, like, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I got to figure out how to get poses together really fast Mm
2: -hmm. and then
3: realizing what they wanted versus what I wanted was also wildly different. So I was used to, okay, I'm going to do an acting scene um, and they want to have everything pieced out. And I remember I worked most of the night that night uh, at the studio. And I was putting things in. Um, the guy touched his chest, and then he like kind of ran his hand down his chest a little bit. So I had like all these like dragging moves with the fingers in my blocking, and I had like perfect hit placement and all this kind of stuff for the block out for the next day. And I, I spent so much time, and they looked at it the next day, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is great. Okay, uh, change this, this, and this, and then keep going." And then I was like, "Okay, well I just spent all this time on this stuff that, okay, I can do that." But later on, and like as I started seeing other people's work like their hands were just whatever they were inside of the uh, break. So they were just like, okay. And the next pose is going to be something like this. The next thing is going to be something like this. The next one's going to be like this. And I wasn't used to like, Hey, don't put all the detail in yet. Like I was so used to put all the detail in, put all the detail in. And then mm-hmm. when I got into actual development, it was like, no, throw out all the garbage that you can get out and show us that stuff as soon as you can because we're going to throw away half of it and start over anyway. So just give us some rough stuff really quick. Give us ideas on timing. Give us ideas on posing. But don't make them perfect yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't used to that. that. That was certainly new to me. Yeah. All right, I got a couple of questions
1: for you guys now. Um, if you don't mind. Uh, what <laughs> is the difference between film Animation and game animation for those who are confused because you know, uh, I mean, you know, DreamWorks, Disney, and then you got Blizzard, and Blizzard's in a game, and you're playing the game and the controlling, and they have cinematics. And cinematics, I understand how that connects to film, but what would you say are the big differences
2: between film and game? My spicy answer is nothing, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: there is
2: no difference, Mm. but. I mean, the principles, you're still using the principles to do the animation that you need to do. Maybe your rig has more bones in the face, maybe it doesn't. Um, I think the biggest difference between them is just the actual pipeline and who you're communicating with on a daily basis to get your work done. So in film, you will be working, um, it's more It's more like a movie, like a film, uh, where you're working with a director and you're looking at things, and, and I, I think of it as more the more thespian side of animation where you're you're talking more about the feeling and and the mood and the in the characters like um like in their the way their face is acting and do these shots line up and it it definitely feels more like you're making a movie like if anybody's ever made a movie at any point sitting with a director and sitting with your animators and those are the people that you're associating with um and probably tech art the people who are making your rigs but in games If we're talking about gameplay animation, not cinematic, because cinematic animation is the same as film. Um, But in video game animation, you're communicating more than just what the character's emotions are. You have to communicate the gameplay. And so you're working with design, and you're working with effects artists who are going to make the cool explosions and stuff with you. You're definitely going back and forth with your tech artist about whatever. Oh, I decided I want to do this. Can you make me this prop? Your modeling team, you know, there's... uh, A lot of people that you're in contact with all the time on a regular basis to the point where every time i've seen a film studio it's all the animators sitting together and every time i've seen a game studio it's all cross-discipline sitting together for the most part um uh, and i'm being general i haven't worked at a film studio so you know anybody who uh, listens to this who might get into film or be in film full disclosure i don't necessarily know what i'm talking about but i do know that when you're communicating it's not just a, a punch or something. It's how hard is the punch? Is it a punch that just immediately comes from the chest? Is it a punch that's like, huh, 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 big wind up, and then you you know, throw it? Um, and possibly making changes on the fly. There's a, a, I'm making it sound like one is way more chaotic than the other. It's not. It's just a different group of people that you're interacting with to communicate different ideas with a different purpose. Got it. Got it.
1: Um, what's the difference between good animation and great animation?
3: I I only have one word for that one, but I'll let I'll let uh, Lena say that first.
2: <laughs> I would just say ideas. Um, mm-hmm. I think the ideas are definitely the most important part. I've seen animation that is possibly not the most refined, most polished perfect arcs on everything, tracking the nose, be like some of the best animation that I love the most because the ideas are so good. Like, oh, it's so interesting the way that that character resolved back into their idol, or it's so interesting, like this little, like just character. Like the way they chose to to move the face, like the mouth in a certain way, like it just feels more human in a way because I identify more with the ideas than I do with the actual like character or whatever's on screen. Um, great ideas well I think a, a reel that has slightly worse animation but incredible ideas for me will get will get my attention more than something with ah, I've seen all this before. The animation's super polished, cool. That's, uh, that's my thought, ideas
3: now, now I have to change my one word answer <laughs> <laughs> my, my one word answer uh, is between okay animation and great animation was gonna just be one word answer is gonna be timing um, because that's my that second is, choice because that would be the basis of everything from which you're animating uh, it can it can make or break an animation with a key or two. Uh, which is really, really wild. Um, But kind of bouncing also off of what she said um, is ideas can be really difficult. And in games, uh, and uh, you asked a little bit about film and game differences. With, With film, so much of it is storyboarded and so much of your timing is already there. So much of the beats that you have to hit are already there with either sound department being there or... Uh, with audio from actors or otherwise. Uh, In games, a lot of the times are like, okay, cool, you need to make a sword attack. Um, Here's maybe some other attacks that are in the game or some ideas that we have that are in other games, but it's usually like, go make a cool sword attack. It's like, okay, what do I wanna do that is really gonna make this character pop? What's gonna be the difference? What is this? And uh, oddly, the only thing I'm thinking of is movies right now and fight scenes. Like back in the day, a knife fight scene was people going like this at each other and going like this at each other with knives and swords. These days, they've taken it to a whole different level. If you watch like John Wick and things those ways, like someone gets their arm blocked and they drop the knife and pick it up with the other hand. And I can remember seeing that for the first time maybe three years ago. But when I saw it, I was like, I never thought about dropping a knife and catching it with my other hand because they like in the middle of it, like. I've taken that idea and used it now in games, but obviously slightly different than that. But like the idea behind that was so cool. And if you see a sword attack or something along those lines where they come up with something and you're like, okay, wasn't expecting that. That was crazy. That was cool. Um, Lana hit it, hit it on the, on the head right there. That was, that's pretty perfect.
1: Lana, if you had a choice between, um, somebody with, let's imagine, um, you had the choice between somebody whose software skills were a little bit better than their animation, or their animation was a little bit better than their software. Which one's a better pick for you for
2: you know animation you know. for sure. Did I disappear? There we go. Weird. Yeah. All of everybody disappeared. You guys came back and I didn't. <laughs> um uh yeah, I, I would hunt the animation over the software every time. Like one of the big things that I say to people students all the time who are like really worried about oh like, like i only have blender because it's free like i can't access maya like the software is just a tool the same way that you can draw with a pencil and then later pick up a pen the actual animation skills and, and knowing what animation is in your heart being able to see it and like just intrinsically know the principles down into your bones and how they translate on paper in the computer You can animate with whatever. We can teach you the tool, and chances are you're going to have some kind of proprietary tools to some degree anywhere you work. The tools are, it's good to have a a somewhat functional knowledge of them if you want to be in a 3D medium and applying with only 2D artwork that's pretty tough, but not impossible. I've seen it happen. A girl I went to university with, all 2D animation, now she's a 3D animator at Pixar, it's crazy. So. Animation is the most important, for sure, for sure.
1: Okay, great. All right, so this is just uh, one, I think, more question, and then uh, Dan, if you got any questions, it, um, it'd be great. But uh, the the next question would be, you know, this is kind of just dear to my heart because I like I grew up in a time where this what this wasn't really a job. Like, if you chose to be a creative, like your parents said to you, uh, we'll go get a real job, right? And so you had to prepare for it. And it wasn't until I was in my I don't know, in my late 20s, early 30s, that this whole creative tech thing really kind of became something. It's like, this is real, right? And uh, one of my neighbors actually uh, was an animator on Final Fantasy. You know, uh, when they were just introducing mocap, they were doing all this traditional animation, they were doing all that kind of stuff. And, this, and everything was just blowing up. And it was a great job. But um, there are people out there who have gone to school for this, who have tried and who don't have the job, who, you know, are sitting there wondering, do I have the talent? What am I missing? Why am I not getting callbacks? Um, What do we say to those people that, you know, have the desire, but they're not, they're just not getting it? Uh
3: Uh-oh. We may have lost her. She's completely still on my image here.
1: Yeah, mine too.
3: Hmm. Pause for a sec. Nope,
1: she'll come back. Yeah, she went completely off.
3: I think I've said her name wrong like 20 times already. I've done it to her face, I've done it constantly. Mm -hmm. It's so unnatural for me to, to say her name.
1: I like the banana reference, that helps. Yeah.
3: just making sure she didn't send me a message in another location yeah oh ow she popped off
1: lana banana
3: lana yeah Internet and her whole building is out. She's going to try and call in with her phone. Oh, technology. Oh, I see her name.
2: can you hear me yes can. thank you yeah apparently the all the internet's just out in my building so i'm very sorry for that and uh <laughs> okay. do a little handheld situation for the time <laughs> being i hope that's okay
1: yeah it's perfect For and you know thank you so much for taking the time to do this i know you're just coming off of the day and so you got other things to do um but thank you I appreciate i'm very
2: that. happy very happy to do it. I'm very sorry about the technical difficulties. I'm just gonna try to see if I can prop this up and like professional. <laughs> Let's hold it.
1: All right, sorry, so, yeah, no worries. The the question I don't know how much you heard of it was um, you know, uh there's there's students, they've been trying, they're not getting callbacks, they don't know what's wrong, they don't know what they're missing. What do we say or what what do you say to people? Um that are going through that. What do they need to do? How do they need to think about this?
2: I think one of the things that people sort of lose sight of is, is sort of in this sort of this similar answer to my last question about film and games, animation no. animation. So people often go in and they struggle because they're trying to animate three people or like 50 ninjas in a scene attacking one dude and they aren't able to find the animation quality and need often because their attention is so spread between trying to polish animation for like a hundred characters or whatever it is. I was inflating how many characters per scene. I've seen a lot. Um, But I think underestimate, people often underestimate the value of going in and animating like a bouncing ball. I know that I did. Like when I was animating, first starting animation, they were like, we're going to animate a bouncing ball. I was like, let me add the characters. What is going on? This is crazy. I mean, I made a ball easy, then, But it, it was done. It wasn't great, let me tell you, because I didn't, I was rushing through things. And I'm, so I think when people aren't really getting it, taking a huge step back and animating the simplest possible thing until you get it right. And then saying, okay, what's next? So maybe it's a bouncing ball but no squash and stretch, squash and stretch. Like if you're having a hard time seeing it, just understand how to get the ball to feel good bouncing. And then after that, add squash and stretch, see what happens. Okay, now you get it like feeling good and squishy, like find the right tensileness. If you squish it a lot, oh, it feels really soft, like it's made of mush. If you don't squish it a lot, it's like, oh, maybe it's like a tennis ball, maybe it's a basketball. Like you can play with animation and tell you until you train yourself to see it, and then start working up into more complex subjects. Even before animating a full character, there's the, you know, people seen like ball with legs rig. Um, I would say, try to take a character and just animate an arm realistically dropping, just drop it on. Ow, I'm sorry, too real, too realistic, too realistic. <laughs> uh, uh, like, the, the, the learning that you're able to take from even small exercises like that are things that, like, the, the the moral of those stories still apply to bigger, more complex animations. Like, if I parent a ball to my root control in a run cycle, it's, it's a bouncing ball. It just is. There's so many things that, that rely on the knowledge you learn in those those early exercises. And so if you're not getting it, just don't rush yourself. You don't there's not pressure to get it right first. That's why you're studying. That's the beauty of of learning is is letting yourself learn. And so let yourself do that, I think would be my message to people.
1: I love that. That's nice. Cause I think people can get overwhelmed and they're like, I gotta learn this, I gotta learn this, you know, I see it in game arts. I got to learn substance. I got to learn marvelous. I got to learn all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, there's some truth to it, but you got to be able to create work, you know, mm-hmm. the software is just the tool. Yeah. That's great. I, uh,
3: think, Danny, uh, to add? Uh, I was just going to add a little bit to that. I think um, another part for me is making sure you get your animation in front of as many people as you can like if you happen to have friends already in the industry be like hey man can you take a look at this um, but I, I do it today still like when I'm getting ready to put out a reel I find some of my favorite friends that I relied on in the past so looking at my reels and I send it out to them, like hey before I send this out to let's say Blizzard what do you think of this reel and they'll say like hey man shot five um, it's pretty weak it's bringing down every shot around it I would just cut it um, and it can be really hard to hear that sometimes if shot five might have been my favorite but if like three people look at it and they're like shot five is a little is a little weak uh or it's boring or it's breaking your tempo or whatever else um getting it in front of as many people as you can before you actually send it out is, is important and then even if people don't know animation my wife doesn't know anything about animation i could say timing she doesn't know what that word means uh but i show her my work like hey what did you like what didn't you like just getting it in front of as many people as you can is, I think, super important. Um, and I think that it, it can be extremely helpful in ways that you, would not understand, you wouldn't know until you had people look at it. Like, this run just doesn't feel right. There's something not, I, I, I don't know what it is. Something's not right with that run. And then you know you can at least go look at that. Uh, do we lose her again? No, she's just going on to the uh, oh, internet Okay.
2: I was trying to go back to the uh
1: computer
2: yeah but now that camera's not working so we're just gonna stay here it's fine
1: okay. all right well that's good because I got only one more thing I know I said I, had, I was almost done but what do you guys love about this job Like, what you know what do you love about animation uh,
2: for me I love I love animation I always said that it was like my like a marriage between my love of playing on the computer and my love of acting uh, my parents met on stage, they were both actor and actress for Windsor Light Opera for years. And so, being able to act, but like I'm not the actor sort of creates even a more versatile portfolio than I ever could have as an actress out there in the world somewhere. Uh, you know, I can be one day like a like a sexy babe and the next day I can be like a stoic military general and then I can be a Leslie bro like whatever. Like I can do anything, I, I can do it all, it's great. Uh, monsters, like I could be, I could be a dragon. That sounds very sort of fantastical and silly, but I do like getting, like exploring the different headspace of of different characters that way. Um, But I think the thing I like the most about game development specifically is there's sort of like a, like a puzzle piece, like a puzzle feeling to it. I like, I like putting together all the pieces and not just doing the acting, like as much as I love that part of it, I like working with all the different disciplines to make Mm -hmm. something feel right. I like working with design to say, you know, your ability is pretty cool, but if you actually gave it like 0.25 seconds more on this cast time, I could make this animation this much more cool. And like the experience of relating to my coworkers in this way, finding unique ways to implement things in the engine. I feel like a lot of different parts of my brain are firing in a way that makes me feel very satisfied with the work i do and feel so much ownership over the things that i create um i love it
3: no that's great that's great
1: dan you got something uh
3: for me uh, growing up i absolutely loved video games uh from atari uh, which dates me a little bit but from atari on i've been in front of a console or in front of a big box or in front of a computer playing games like as soon as I could I started getting into it Um, and I'm I'm an introverted quite a bit so for me games means a lot to me personally if I'm having a really bad day uh, mentally speaking I know the first thing I'm going to do is on my way home I'm going to call my wife and I'm going to tell her listen, I need a video game night, is that okay? Um, Or do you wanna play video games with me? Because for me, it helps me zone out, it helps me clear my head out of what I've been doing through the day. I enjoy looking at it, because it's beautiful in one way or another. Uh, And I like the idea of creating something that's gonna do that for somebody else. like You hear about people talking about just one more turn when it comes to stuff like civilization because they're, just, they're sitting there and they don't want to get up from it. And they, they're enjoying it that much and it's taking them out of what they need to be taken out of at the moment to enjoy this, uh, this fake world, uh, essentially. I know what video games mean to me, and I'm hoping that people that play the games I work on have that same feeling on what they mean to them. And I like the idea that I'm a part of doing that for them you remember when scott
1: first met you what he said about civilization right He was like was it empire he was my brother who's a coo here he, when he first met dan he was like you did that with the faces i remember those faces like that was the first time they were so realistic he was so like he just geeked out so it was quite fun yeah all right well i want to thank you uh both for taking the time and being here i know it's uh, late for you dan and after work for you uh lena and uh so thank you so much
2: hey no problem thank you so much for inviting me it was uh my pleasure to be here
3: it's so good to see you
2: so good to see you okay take care have a good night everybody
1: and um you know if you want to learn more about us head over to vertexschool.com if you want to learn more about lena where do they find out more about you
2: oh you can find more about me on twitter is probably the best way i'm at latoya and i is L A T I E N um, I E. I also have a site that is lanavishinsky.com where I sell uh, long form realistic charcoal renderings if you're interested in those. Um, and otherwise, that's about it. Yeah.
1: All right. Awesome. All right. Take care. Have a great night.
3: Thank you.
2: Thank you. Bye
3: bye. Wrap.
1: Take care.